And now, a personal story from Jeff Taylor, advocate and chair of the Salvation Army of Phoenix. Just a brief, you know, history as I grew up in Phoenix. I went to Central High School. I was an honor student, uh, an athlete, um, all-state first-team football player, and went down to the University of Arizona to play football, and I was injured, and I was given narcotic pain medication, and that was in 1977, and we didn't know a lot about that then. It was the first mind-altering substance that I'd ever taken. Uh, I didn't drink in college, I, I mean in high school. I didn't smoke marijuana in high school. That's kind of a lie. I, <laughs> I had this really bad experience with Boone's Farm Strawberry Hill one night. <laughs> and that was it. Um, I went on after, my, uh, after four years down at University of Arizona, and I was very fortunate. Uh, I got a position with a Wall Street, very well-respected Wall Street wirehouse trading firm. And over the next nine years, I had a meteoric rise um, in this firm. I was one of their top 10 traders starting at the age of 23 until I was 29. And then I was able to leave that business at the absolute peak of my career and retire. And everything on the outside looked like I was a success. You know, I had the house, I had the car, uh, I had the clothes. But one thing I also had was a very well-financed and very well-hidden drug addiction, which was really kind of enabled in that business. As long as you made money in, um, in Wall Street, um, they kind of left you alone. Actually, there were some traders that I knew that were actually expensing drugs on their expensive reports. It was just, as long as you made money, then people kind of looked the other. Now, you didn't write drugs on your expense report. <laughs> But you wrote things like entertainment or things like that, that you had, you know, and you would get receipts and get reimbursed. And, and so um, one thing about drugs and alcohol, when it becomes an out-of-control addiction, where I have little or no control over how often I use drugs or um, how long I use drugs, then, and continued using despite negative consequences, then I get into a, an arena where I don't care. And we have a lot of people that don't care. It robs you of your ability to care. I didn't care about my family. I didn't care about you know, my friends that I grew up with. I didn't care um, what people thought of me, although I really tried to hide that part of me. So I guess I cared a little bit about that. But four years later, this is the power of addiction. You go from you know, looking like you're at the peak of the world, and then four years later, I'm living on the streets of Phoenix, living in a bush just south of downtown. And I learned that we are now criminalizing homelessness because I went in and out of Sheriff Joe's jail on six occasions, um, being released with the same drug problem that I was arrested with. Actually, a short story, when I uh, was first arrested, I had tried to go to the Salvation Army and I did an assessment and they're like, yeah, you, you would be a good candidate for our program. This is before any of my criminal history oh, but there's a six-month waiting list for our drug treatment program because it was just overrun. That was in about the mid-90s. So the first time I got arrested, incidentally, I've never ridden in the front seat of a, of a police car, so you're like in the back seat, and you're handcuffed, and I would lean forward, and I was asking as we're rolling into Maricopa County Jail, I asked them, you guys got a waiting list here, right? <laughs> so that just was another like, moment 
is that there was waiting lists to get help, but there was always a bed on demand to incarcerate me. And I totally agree with the professor. As I spiraled down in and out of jails, then I went to prison. I went into our prison system a nonviolent individual. And I came out pretty violent, because I had to be. And that's the culture that we have. And it became very politically popular in this state, um, as evidenced by uh, Joe Arpaio. And I, I'm a data guy. Joe Arpaio made our communities less safe. He had one of the highest recidivism rates in the country. And it just rose during his regime. And so we ended up reelecting this man four times, making our communities less safe. Not to mention, you know, the cost of keeping this man um, in power. And he made it very politically popular. And people that voted for him, and he was very you know, an astute politician is he knew who would vote for him and that were older people and that's who he targeted and older people show up to vote. I always wish like the swine flu would run through a, like Sun City on election day. <laughs> so I really encourage young people to vote. Um, I am now um, as a result or in spite of our system really, I'm here today. It's been a very long and arduous road. I had a very wise judge that finally, in my fourth or fifth sentencing, sentenced me to the Salvation Army Drug Treatment Program, and that's what I needed. And I walked in there with literally the clothes on my back, the clothes that I'd been arrested in six months prior, and walked into the Salvation Army, and they treated my drug problem. They sent me back to school, and I started meeting people um, a long time ago that I learned from, and that was, um, I think she's here, Carolyn Isaacs, are you here? Carolyn and I, Carolyn started before I did, and I listen whenever I need a soundbite. I Google her name, and she is the queen and king of the soundbite in criminal justice. So I learned how to message, and then I learned most recently from Kurt Altman, and I've learned from Col Kurt, you know, how we are doing things in other states like the state of Texas and his efforts with right on crime. And it is such an honor to sit up here today because I. I don't mind talking about that I, ha I was a horribly addicted person because we only heard about people, usually in the media, that failed in addiction. We didn't hear about successes, and the successes kind of dusted their tracks behind them. Well, I know of thousands of other people that have done what I've done, and more, especially women, women with children, that are getting out of prison, they have their children just dumped on their laps, they have a felony, they can't get housing, and they overcome all those barriers, and we can do better. And because of gentlemen like the, Mr. Toma and Mr. Rodriguez that are from you know, a very Republican district and a very uh, liberal district have gotten together and found a centrist view where we can save a lot of money. You saw the graph. Arizona is tops in the nation, number four in incarceration, but just think of the expense. So we are spending a ton of our money on, on people that we are incarcerating and making them worse. I don't know of many people that went into our prison system that came out better. A few do, but by and large, most of them do not. It's like a gladiator school. I learned how to cook crystal methamphetamine four different ways in a prison system. And I don't even use the drug, but that's one of the skills that I learned. I learned about identity theft. I learned that you could take a, well, I shouldn't tell you guys how to do it. So. <laughs> 
And we became the number one identity theft capital in the world, Arizona was. So once we get people what they need, and that's what I'm working with, with both sides of the aisle, uh, I'm now a lobbyist, and which means we hang out in the lobby quite a bit. It's a lot of waiting, it's a lot of patience, and it's been a long and arduous road. It shouldn't be this hard, right, Carolyn? It has been a hard, hard battle. This should have happened a decade ago and more. And so now we're just getting there, but we really need you to get in touch with people that are in key positions and let them know that we want a safer community. We want more money for, to educate our youth, youth, because the more money we spend on prisons, the less money we have to educate our youth. And we all know where we stand in how much we spend to educate our youth. Right now we're number 48 out of 50 states. We were number 50, and then we had Red for Ed, and the governor came up with money over the last two or three years to get money into the classrooms, and we zoomed up to number 48. So we can do better and make it a safer community, and thank you. Hi, I'm Carlos Alfaro from Arizona Talks, and if you like conversations like these, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and on our website at arizonatalks.org.